we're getting ready to wrap up our series called My Part. Have you guys enjoyed it? Yeah. Cool. So we're going to hand the baton off. We were in worship this morning. I told Pastor Kevin, I said, we're going to hand the baton off for, uh, so you can run the rest of the mile. But my, my, my goal and my purpose and my prayer was that we would um, hear from God over these last four weeks and we would be challenged by God over these last four weeks. And as a result of hearing and spending time with him, that he would give us something to uh, push us to move forward. You know, Pastor Kevin preached a couple of weeks ago. He talked about the series called um, It's Go Time. You know, and, and we started going and then some of us took the step and then we said, OK, God, I, I don't know what I need to do. And so God said, I need you to Pastor Robinson to let them know that they have to do their part. So today I want to challenge you that I've been in prayer um, all week. I, Kevin texted me last night. He was like, D, uh, what you preaching about, which he usually never does. He, he usually is like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll find out in the morning. But he preached. He texted me last night. And I'm glad he did, because. Um, I struggled with the word last night and even this morning as I came in, I was struggling like, okay, God, I, I need you. I need you because um, this, this word is a challenging word. It's, it's a, um, a, a profound word, but it will cause us to have to look at um, the cross throughout the duration of this message. Okay, because this word is going to challenge us and it's going to push us to go into a place that if we're not careful, we'll try to discount the word if we don't keep our eyes on the cross. Okay, so I'm wearing a shirt this morning and, and many of you guys may have saw a series called uh, When They See Us. Um, the series was a profound series. It talked about what happened in Central Park in New York City, uh, where five young men were falsely accused of doing something. And the system that was set in place was a system that literally caused these young men to spend the formidable years of their lives incarcerated. Um, if you haven't seen it, I challenge you, I, I encourage you to see it. And if you see it, uh, make sure that you grab a box of tissue, all right? Make sure you, you, you commit to it to the end. Don't, don't, don't start it and allow the emotions that you start to experience cause you to turn it off. Be, be courageous enough, all right, to commit to all four parts of it. Because I believe that when we listen or see all four parts, it'll enlighten us in such a way that we'll realize that our part sometimes cause us to be in places where we have to stand up for things that are sometimes uncomfortable. Okay, um, and, and so I'm not going to tell you any more about it, but I, I want you um, to go and look at it. Pastor Kevin and I, I believe that God has um, given us a unique uh, assignment. I believe that he's given us a unique uh, baton to carry across the finish line. And that baton is a baton that so many people have fumbled or so many people have um, literally tried to avoid it because it's uncomfortable. All right. And I just believe that God is so amazing and God is so um you know, all knowing that he knew that he would find two people that would love each other enough that they would commit to the assignments of God and they would run this race with vigor, uh, with passion. And we would do exactly what God called us to do, no matter what the collateral damage was. All right. So I, I want to make sure I put that out there. Let's go to Daniel chapter number three. Daniel chapter number three um, is where we want to go. Familiar passage of scripture. You guys have seen it. You heard it at Vacation Bible School. You've heard it. Um, uh, and youth worship, you've heard it, uh, all these other places. You heard about the three boys, uh, Meshach, uh, Shadrach, and Abednego. You, you, you know the three Hebrew boys. You know about the fiery furnace. But my prayer and my hope this morning is that you'll be able to look at their stance that they took and realize that the stance that they took is no different from the hard stances that God is calling us to take. 
So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a passage that we've seen and we've looked at and, you know, we probably know the story by heart. But I believe my prayer is that we look at it a little bit deeper this morning. So let us pray. Father, we thank you and we need you. Father, we pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would fill this place. We pray that um, you would enlighten our hearts. You would be with us, oh God, as we continue to um, seek after you to do what you've called us to do. Father, we realize that we can't uh, profess to be Christians uh, without going through trials and tribulations or going through situations that are hard and uncomfortable. So, Father, we pray even now that you will release an anointing in this place, that you would allow every person under the sound of my voice, every person that's watching my way of live stream um, to have that same courage, God, to um, be like these three young men that were willing to go into uh, depths unknown, willing to go into what appeared to be certain death. But they believed in you so much that they were committed to the assignment that was on their lives. Father, allow that to be our testimony here at Ember. Allow that to be our testimony that we're willing to do whatever it is that God has called us to do, no matter the cost. Because we know that if we do it because you've assigned it, then you're going to walk beside us. You're going to see us through. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray and we ask it all. And the redeemed of the Lord said, amen. Now, this story is super duper long, and I don't want to read all 30 verses, but my prayer is that I'll uh, be able to end with verse number 30. So I'll kind of skim over this. Many of you guys know uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. He, he made a golden statue, um, the NLT version, and I'm going to go to Barron's version, the KV, uh, KJV version in a minute because there's something profound. But it says that uh, he made a gold statue that was about 90 feet tall and nine, and nine feet wide. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon, and he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all of the provincial um, officials to come to the, de the dedication of the statue that he had set up. Verse 3 says, so all of these officials came and they stood at the statue that the king had set up. And when the herald shouted loud, watch this now. People of all races and nations and languages, they listened to the king's command. And when they heard the sound of the horn, uh, the flute, the zyre, the lyre, the harp, the pipes and other musical instruments, they bowed to the ground and they worshiped the king's golden statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And so the, at the sound, the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their races or their nation or their language, they bow to the ground and they worship the golden uh, statue that the king had set up. But some of the astrologers, they went to the king and they informed him on the Jews. Somebody say, uh oh. They said to the king, they said, long live the king. You have issued a decree um, requiring all people to bow down and worship the golden uh, statue at the sound. That decree also states that any of those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. Verse 12 says, but there was there were some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who you have put in charge of the province of Babylon, and they pay no attention to you, your majesty. majesty. Uh, they refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the golden statue that you set up. Now, many of you guys know the rest of the story. You know, now at this point, um, they've come before the king and... Um, you know, the king looked out over him and he uh, gave them another opportunity to bow again. He, he said, now, you know, the decree, you know what's supposed to happen. And uh, I, I'm going to give you another opportunity to make it right. 
How many of you know that there's never a good time to not do what's right? There's never a, a, a right time to do what's not right. They knew from the foundations of the world, the Lord had issued an instruction or a decree that said there should be no other gods beside him. So no matter what it was that they were facing, they were committed to what God said and they refused to bow simply because it caused them some pain. So this message this morning is going to be a message where I'm simply going to challenge you. I'm going to enlighten you and hopefully parallel at the same time challenge you. When you look back over your life and you realize that there were situations where uh, you know you should have took a different stance, when when you know that there were God was calling or raising you up to be the one that would stand and be, be the beacon of light, but yet the consequences of what would have happened caused you to be paralyzed. Sometimes the part that God gives you is a part that's uncomfortable. Sometimes the the, the part that God gives you is a part that's not common or a part that will allow you to be in the popular or be in the known. I I remember when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my disciple, you you must first what? Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow after me. And I just believe many of us that know what the word of God says, that Jesus had to endure some pain that he didn't inflict. He, he, he went through these situations. He went through a trial that he had no business going through. But yet that was the assignment that his father had given him and he was committed no matter what it was he had to do. So my question to you this morning, Ember, is are you willing to do what God calls you to do, even if it's not popular? Yeah. Or if it appears to not be right? Yeah. yeah. Because, see, the thing about the world is the world, it, it puts you in a place where it wants you to think about yourself. It wants you to think about your family. It wants you to think about your circle and nobody else. As long as your family's well, as long as your circle's well, as long as your children are good, I'm cool with mine and I don't have to worry about nobody else. But how many of you know that's contrary to what a Christian is? And believe it or not, there's some of us today who have uh, taken this attitude or this approach that if it doesn't concern me, I I, I don't want to commit to it. But there's no way you can profess to be a blood born again believer and not be willing to stand up for those. Jesus said it this way. He said, what you do to the least of them. You do also to me. I want to issue a challenge to you. Because unless we're willing to ask God, what is it that you're desiring for us to do? God, what is it that you want us to do in this thing called the world? What is it that you've anointed me and called me to do? What is it that you've laid on my doorstep and nobody else that I have to pick up and be the banner runner for this thing called life? This story, I talked about these three boys. They they were sitting here and they were committed to what God said. Now, listen to what they were saying. There was a decree that said, if you don't do this simple thing. Your life was literally over. How many of you, and don't raise your hand, how many of you know know that if, if you could simply do this, you could spare your life, would be willing to do it at that cost? And then to make matters worse, the, the, the king, when he brought him to him, he, he said, now, listen, and, and, and I'm in verse number uh, 16. It says, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego said, oh, God, listen, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. We know what God has called us to do, and we're not going to try to convince you of something otherwise. 
God has called us as believers to stand in the gap for those who can't stand for themselves. And, and, and if I can make you a little uncomfortable, sometimes that causes us to have to give up some of our comfort. It causes us to have to be sometimes ridiculed or bashed, but we do it and we do it because we realize that that's God's mandate for our lives. Think about it this way. And, and I won't talk about anybody here at Ember, but think about it this way. What if, what if, what if Jesus said, I'm not going to go to the cross for the divorcee? What if he said it this way? I, I, I'm not going to go to the cross for the drug addict. Okay, I ain't talking about anybody in here. What if, what, what if, what if, what if he said, I'm not going to, 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 to the cross for the one who, who, who's went out here and, and committed adultery? What if he said, I'm not willing to go to the cross for the one who, who's cheat, lied, and steal? What if there was a limitation to what it was that he was willing to go to the cross for? Think about it. Think about it. What what if the sin that you've committed was the sin that he said, no, nah, I want to include that one in the cross. They got to fend for themselves. But he said, I realize that I have to be the one to bear the grunt of this thing because they can't do it in their own might. There are some people in the world right now that they're trying to get there, but they can't get there because of the systems that's in place. And that's where we have to be willing to stand up and be courageous and say, God, I'll use my voice. I'll use my resources. I'll use my knowledge. I'll use everything that's within me because you've ordained me to be the one to break this chain. Now you see why this message was hard this morning. These guys, when you when you look at it, you, now, now I need you to understand this. These th this wasn't these three guys. They weren't just random people. I, I, I think sometimes when we learn this in the elementary level, we we think that there are just three people that are standing in the crowd and they're like, no, nah, I ain't bowing down. Watch this. It says, and when it talks about verse number eight, when the astrologer said what they said, verse 12 said, but there's some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, watch this, who you've put in charge. These weren't ordinary people. These were some people who had some influence, and obviously the king must have cared about them or liked them just a little bit, or else he wouldn't have sat them in charge. But yet they were willing to give up their, their, their assignments in the kingdom. Okay, yeah. All right, that was too tough. They were willing to give up their comfort of being able to go back home. Okay, okay. They were willing to give up their ability to be lifted up and, and respected in the community. They, they were willing to give up all of those things because they understood that there was a greater purpose. So my question to you this morning is who are you concerned with? Are you concerned with being able to go back home? Or are you willing to stand up because there are some people that are looking for you to be their voice? <laughs> or are you willing to, to be there because there are some people who want to get out of where they are, but they don't have the resources or the knowledge or the skill set to get out? And so you're the one that can break this thing and fix this thing, but yet you're more concerned with the generation that's just attached to your hip and nobody else. Sometimes the part that God has given you is not going to be popular. 
Sometimes the part that God gives you to, to roll with is a part that's not going to be celebrated, but yet it must be done. These guys, they, uh, they were in charge. They were in charge of a province, but they understood that if they stood for what was right, they, they understood that if they stayed in the place that God had called them to be, then God would come in and sustain them in the midst of their trials and tribulations. When you look at the King James translation, it says, I, I don't have to worry about answering you in this manner. I don't have to be careful of how I answer you. Baron told us that this morning. He said, I, I, we don't have to be careful in how we respond to you, King, because we know the way that we're responding is right. God is calling us to a season of being willing to stand up no matter what it costs. And I just believe that God has ordained this church, this moment, this movement, Listen to me, guys. Ember, and, and this is the first time, Pastor Kevin, I've, I've felt this in my spirit. Ember isn't just a church. Ember is a movement. If, if, if you want to be a part of just a church, then this might not be the place. Because this is a movement where God is saying, I want you to go and consume everything that's in the past that needs to be consumed. There are some people that may not want you to be uh, who you are, but you have to be committed to the assignment that God has given you. And I don't know about you, but Pastor Kevin and I, we're committed. So these guys, they, they, they stood before the king. The king said, I'm going to give you one more opportunity. All you got to do is bow down and you can go home to your 55-inch screen TV. If you bow down, I, I, you know that vacation that you promised your wife, you, if you bow down, you can go take her on that vacation. That would have made some other men bow down. <laughs> Listen, I'm about now because if I don't take her. But watch this. I, it's oftentimes said, and, and I was looking at all week long, I was thinking about Dr. King as I was studying, preparing for this message. And a lot of times you hear the, the, the quote that says, it talks about there's, there's, there's always the time to do what's right or something to that effect. And it's paraphrased. And then they say it's, it's attributed to Alexander Hamilton. And I was like, well, I heard, I thought Dr. King said that. But then I went and just studied King a little bit more. And I want you to listen to these quotes real quick. And we're going to show you this in the story. The first one says, there becomes a time when silence is betrayal. There's a time when silence is betrayal. The second one says, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. In the end, watch this, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. That old law that says an eye for an eye will leave everybody blind. The time is always right to do the right thing. A couple more says there, there comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe nor political nor popular, but he must take it because his conscience tells him it is right. A man who uh, won't die for something is not fit to live. No one really knows uh, why they are alive until they know what they're willing to die for. <laughs> Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And lastly, it says the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort, 
and convenience, but where he stands in the time of challenge and controversy. That's the true measure of a man. And so I believe as Christians, as believers, we have to apply all of those things to our lives because believe it or not, our lives just doesn't uh, consist with what happens inside of our address that's on our driver's license. Our life consists of everybody that God has ordained us to rub elbows with. Our, our lives, can, it, it contains everybody that God has called us to worship with. Our, our lives, it, considers, it, it, it consists of everybody that God has called us to go to school with for the young people. Our, our lives consist of everybody that we're called to work with. Our lives consist of everybody that we run into contact with. Why? Because our lives are bigger than just us. Because what if Jesus was just concerned about Mary? In his small circle, he realized that his, his, his influence, his purpose, his responsibility didn't just stop with his surname. It continued to go on with the name that's above all names, and that name is Jesus. And so these three guys, they, they, they talked to the king and they said, King, listen, I'm paraphrasing now. They said, listen, man, we ain't got to defend ourselves with you. Even if you throw us into this furnace, the God who we serve is able. Because we realize that we have to stand for what's right, the God that we serve is able. He's able to come in and he's able to uh, save us and rescue us from your power. But even if he doesn't, let me make this clear to you. That's what they said in the translation I'm reading. They said, let me make this clear to you. We will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you set up. And so then the king was so furious that uh, he, he put them in there and he commanded the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than it usually was. And then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to, to bind these three guys up and throw them into the fiery furnace. And when they tied them up and threw them in the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and garments. Uh, and because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot furnace, the flames killed the men who threw them in. That's how hot it was. Listen, sometimes the stuff that you got to go into for Christ's sake, it ain't going to be easy. Some other people can't do it because they're not as strong as you. Some other people can't do it because they don't have the anointing that you have. But when you know that God has anointed you to carry a cross, when you know that God has anointed you to carry this thing, you have to be willing to do it no matter what you have to sacrifice in the process. The men that threw them in there, they were killed. But watch this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego securely tired. They fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly the king jumped in amazement and uh, exclaimed to his advisors, did not we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, he replied. Look, the king said, I see four men. All of them are unbound, and they're walking around unharmed. And the fourth one, he looks like the Son of God. So if I could give you a point, don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. Don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. Because watch the difference. Watch the parallel in the story. The men that were standing up for what was wrong, the flame consumed them. 
You remember I, he, he, he bound them up and he said, you know, I, I, the strongest men, the ones who should have been able to endure it, that were standing up for wrong, it consumed them. And they didn't even go in the fire. But the ones that stood up for what was right, Jesus met them in the fire. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When you stand up for what's right, he'll meet you in the middle of it. Matter of fact, he's already went ahead of you and waiting for you to catch up with him. He said, I, I'm going back to my father and I need you to be the hands and feet of the earth. I need you to do things that are greater than what I did. I need you to pick up this cross because if you pick up this cross, you can ignite a revolution. And so we have to be willing to stand for what's right. In the middle of the fiery furnace, the king who told him to go in, he was amazed at what God could do. He said, there's four of them in there. We just put three. Don't be afraid to do what's right. If, if, if you remember nothing else from this message today, I, 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 my prayer would be that you would remember, don't be afraid to do what's right. And listen to me. As I get ready to close, I told you I got to get to verse 30, and then I'm going to get out of here. Watch this. There are some people that aren't going to like that you're willing to do what's right. But you got to be okay with that. You can't be concerned with the opinions of others. Because I told you a couple the first week, I said before you move, you have to seek God and get instructions, and he'll give you the instructions to go and do it. And if he told you to go do it, he's going to be with you all the way through it. So these guys, they went in there. They were assigned by the king but they worshiped the true king. They went into this furnace. Verse 28, 26, rather, it says, Then the king came close as he could at the flaming furnace, and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So they stepped out of the fire. And the high officers, the officials, the governors, the advisors, they crowded around them and they saw that the fire did not touch them. Not a fire on their, I'm not a hair on their head with singe. Their clothes did not scorch and they didn't even smell like smoke. When you do what's right, he'll protect you. When, when, when you know that you know that you know that you should take the stand that you're supposed to stand and you do it, he's going to protect you no matter what other may think that may happen in the process. He's going to see you through. Not a hair on their head was scorched. Smoke didn't even touch them because they stood for what was right. I'm going to give you the last point and I'm going to get ready to go home. Doing what's right will change the attitudes, the minds, and the opinions of some of the people that wanted you to do wrong. Doing what's right will change the minds, the opinions of those that wanted you to do wrong. The king wanted them to do wrong, but yet because they did what God said and they moved in such a profound way, he was amazed. And watch what happened. The king began to talk. He said, now, uh, he said, praise the God of... He just shifted his whole focus, y'all. <laughs> At first, it was about him. If you remember earlier, when they didn't bow down, then people came and they said, long live the king forever. They was talking about him. But then now at this point in the story, he said, praise be to they God. 
You have the power by doing what's right to shift people's focus. So what uncle used to do it? So what grandfather thought that way? So what they thought they were crooked and, and, and wrong? You have the ability to break all of those cycles. That's why I'll never teach my kids, and, and we have a, um, ser a public servant here now. That's why I'll never teach my kid that police officers are wrong or dirty or crooked. Because somebody has to be the one to stand up and say, no, if you're wrong, you deserve to go to jail. Now, we, we're going to talk about a whole restoration justice, justice and all that. We, we got some other stuff, too. But, but, but if you're wrong, you have to give an account for what you've done. I'll never teach my kids just because somebody wears a suit or a, 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 a outfit and they say they're protecting and serving, that they'll let them shape their opinion because of what somebody else has did or what somebody else has said. And it doesn't just stop for the officers. We have to go into uncomfortable places and say, no, they wrong. You can't follow behind that. And if you follow behind that opinion and that ideology, then you know what? I'm going to look at you different. Because you know for yourself that that's wrong. They were willing to give up their comfort because they realized they had to stand for what was right. Ember, we're going to stand for what's right. We're going to stand for what's right. That's why I believe that God is turning Ember into the, the United Nations. When I look around, you, you see literally nations that are represented here, and I believe that God is assembling them in a safe place because God knows that this is a place where the headship is going to do what's right. There, there are people that have left places because the head wouldn't stand for what was right. But we're in a place now, y'all, where I can pitch my tent. Because I know that the leadership that I'm following after, he's going to stand for what's right. Let me give you the last verse 30. Verse 30 says, not only did the king appoint them earlier. Verse 30 said, because they stood for what was right, he promoted them. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions. To even higher positions. All because they stood for what was right. Don't stay stuck. Don't stay stuck. Watch this, and I speak this prophetically. If you stand for what's right, your business is going to have a, a breath of God hit it that can't be explained. When you stand for what's right, favor is going to show up in your house. That can't be explained. You're going to be able to go through doors that you had no business even walking to the steps of. And it's not going to be able to be explained. But God says when you're willing to stand up for what's right. I'll honor it. I'll honor it. I'll honor it. I'll honor it. I bless you with what you have because I believe that if you stand for what's right with what you have, you can make a difference. So let's all do it. My part, sometimes it's uncomfortable, sometimes it's not popular, but yet it has to be done.